Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Today we're going to dive into everything you should know about stretching specifically for runners, what is going on in the research, and how can we change what our routine is regarding stretching pre and post run that actually is going to keep you more injury free, allow you to perform better, and allow you to turn on muscles like nobody's business. Because I guarantee you, we were taught differently in PE, maybe we were never taught it before, and you might be completely questioning if you even know how to do it correct in the first place. Pause. I'm here to help you. Let's figure it out. We're gonna go through the science, how it works, and implementable tools so that you feel confident going into your next run with the proper stretching pre and post to have you feeling unstoppable. Welcome everyone to Run Girl Radio. I'm Holly Dickinson, founder of Excel Strength and Conditioning where we coach and empower female runners just like you across the world, making you faster, more knowledgeable, and set for a lifetime of injury-free running. Each week, I will be bringing you impactful information, creative solutions, and juicy running tips to get you one stride closer to your highest running self. Knowing that when curious and strong women are equipped with on-topic information and innovative solutions, there is no stopping us. Consider me your personal running coach in your back pocket. So join me and get ready to bust down some barriers, laugh at some running real talk, and get excited and energized as we have some fun finding our way together through this wonderful world of running. Welcome back, ladies. And I wanted to celebrate with you again this week, but on a different level, because Apple Podcast has us featured on the homepage of their app in the UK under fresh female voices. Oh yeah, so exciting. So thank you for being here. Thank you for showing up. I love speaking to all of you and getting to talk to you through the DMs on Instagram at Excel Strength Conditioning and so much more. Oh my gosh, my heart is full. And finally, we've turned a point where it's been a year (laughs) since the podcast started and I'm starting to see how much this is impacting all of you. So thank you for reaching out to me. Thank you for having your questions because I make episodes out of those questions and I solve your problems so that we can keep this platform as a, as a form of free education for all of us, okay? I want this to reach all corners of the globe to solve everyone's problems and make sure that even if we're remote and don't have access to kinesiologists or don't have access to strength coaches um, that specialize in running, to have the proper information in your hands. So... I am thrilled that we are on the homepage under Fresh Female Voices because I couldn't think of a better little award medal to put around the neck than that. So feeling very, very grateful. So to reconfirm the fact that everyone slid into my DMs, that I'm seeing clients doing things and correcting, or that I'm seeing people in the community that are confused, this is where this episode has stemmed from today. So, okay, so backstory. I am part of this run club um, for my own running ability. Yes, I have clients, but even the coach needs to have her own training. And we run three times a week. And one of the fellows in the run group said, 
oh man, you're stretching to someone after we had done the run. Oh, I never stretch. I always get injured if I stretch. And that made me turn over and go, hmm? excuse me? <laughs> what do you mean by that? What, right? Where did that come stem from? How many times you've been injured from stretching? What's going on that you were taught? When do you stretch um, when you run? But basically, he'd had a bad experience multiple times where he had stretched prior to exercise and the exercise had led to an injury or some sort of strain in the muscle and he just felt worse off because of it. So this has been shown in the research and for today I want us to break down these barriers, relearn some things because yes, we're all left trying to find out the answers to what isn't serving us, um, but actually to, to stay current in what is and is not helping us because back in PE class, we would stretch before PE, but did it look a certain way from what we should be doing it now? And old science versus new science. And heck, the masters and the researchers that were out there when we were all in PE, they were currently in the lab and in the trials trying to figure out all of this research for us so we can apply it. So we're not behind. We just are misinformed and we need to be clear about what this is actually trying to help us with. Um, and how we can instruct it and implement it into our lives. So I'll break it down, I'll peel it back, I'll give us the education, and then I'll give you what you need at the end. Okay, so first off, I'll break down the stretches and the different types of stretches that there are. We'll bring the basics of the physiology into it so that you can actually close your eyes and imagine what's going on in the body when we do stretch a muscle. Then I'll suggest ways that you can implement the stretching from now on, the different types of them, and when it's appropriate, okay? So of course, take this with a pinch of salt, don't start prescribing stuff to yourself physically if you know you have certain medical conditions, etc., um, or injuries per se. Um, if you have a professional on your team, heck yeah, ask them all these questions with this newfound knowledge and make sure that you feel um, empowered to use it, okay? Lovely. So, first off, there's a few types of stretching. Okay, you probably haven't thought about what they're called. You've probably just done them. <laughs> so the first one is static stretching. And this type of stretching is holding usually at an end range. So say you're doing a quad stretch and you're holding, you're holding the top of your foot behind your bum and you're feeling that stretch in the front of your thigh. You'd be feeling this at like an eight out of 10 intensity. Like it's quite an intense stretch. You're really feeling that thigh getting a nice long stretch and you're holding it for say maybe a minute long. That is static stretching, when we are holding an end range stretch for a certain period of time. Now, a dynamic stretch is one where we move through a full range of motion, say it's for a joint, so say it's for our hip, we're moving through its full range of motion that we can actively, so we're using all the muscles involved through that full strengthening movement, because it is a bit more strengthened based, um, to allow us to warm up the musculature, to warm up those joints and ligaments um, and all get a good blood supply to that area. That's dynamic stretching, full range of motion. Also, you can think of it for a muscle. You're, losing, you're using that muscle to its full range, but you're not ever holding it at the furthest end range. You're moving through it. So for the quads, say instead of holding your, like we had just mentioned, holding that quad stretch with your hand behind you, holding that foot, you would maybe be doing an active butt kick that would be lengthening those quads as you pull your heel up towards your bum actively, okay? 
or you'd be doing a long lunge stretch with an arms going overhead. So you're feeling a nice long stretch through the hip flexor or iliopsoas in the front of the hip and down through the quad. Okay, so that's more of a dynamic stretch just for your own um, mental capacity as we go through this one. Okay, ballistic stretch is another type of stretching. It's an active form of stretching, so similar to a dynamic that there is movement happening and you're actually engaging muscles to feel the stretch versus holding it. But then there's the added form of bouncing into end range of the stretch. So we're thinking swinging, flinging, it's quite advanced. <laughs> and um, this definitely, we'll go over it in the end portion, but this would be for the elite, um, but it is a form of moving through the full range of motion um, actively of a joint, but using more momentum, more swinging, bouncy um, energy, okay? One way that you can think of and that you've probably seen someone ballistically stretching is when they're holding onto a fence and they're swinging their leg forwards and backwards, okay? If we're to kind of stick to our quad area that we just mentioned about, that would be kind of like swinging up as high as your leg can go while standing nice and tall and then flinging that leg back into an extension as far as you can. So that's a form of ballistic, um, that's a form of stretching called ballistic stretching, okay? There is a fourth type of stretching that we're going to include just in this episode today. It's called pre-contraction stretch. And there are many different ways to perform this type of stretch, but fundamentally involves contracting the muscle that's being stretched. So for example, you'd be holding that quad stretch at the end range, so keeping that heel close to your bum. And after doing a little static stretch in that position, you'd then push your heel down into your hand, engaging that quad, while still holding at the end range. Or conversely, you would be holding that end range in that quad stretch and you'd be challenging the antagonist, so the opposite muscle from the quad, which is the hamstring, and then relaxing into that stretch in the same way. So again, there's many ways to do it, but it's often done with a partner or a band or a surface to push into. Um, so again, that you can achieve that end range and then challenge that strength and control and more so flexibility at that end range of motion for that joint or for that muscle. So I hope that that makes sense. We got the four different types that we'll go over, static stretching, dynamic stretching, ballistic, and pre-contraction stretch. Just as a sidebar, I hope that you, oh, I wish you could hear her, but I hope you can, I hope you can't hear her. Our little house pupper, Ellie, lives upstairs and she's our housemate's dog and she is the cutest thing, but she's getting bigger. So if you hear some paw running around, some little woof woofs, um, that's our lovely Ellie letting everyone know that she exists and she deserves love. But <laughs> I've graduated from recording. If you guys remember the first several episodes, I was definitely recording out of my wardrobe. That's right, out of my wardrobe because apparently the clothes buffer, it did, it did, it buffered really well. Um, but <laughs> No, we've actually got proper equipment. We have from the start, but it's just not as great by my desk. But today, if you were to see where I was sitting, I have I have a lot of greenery around me. I am addicted also to plants. If you don't know this about me, you know I love plants and um, I'm stroking them right now, so you probably hear that. <laughs> but, but they are my buffer. It's, it's great natural ambiance and I'm currently in a green jungle of, of my own my own liking. So I'm hoping that this episode is finding you really relaxed um, because I'm currently feeling, I'm currently feeling loved by all of the plants and the idea that this is going on to so many of you. 
Um, if you're a plant lover, please let me know because we share many, way too many common grounds here. But in all seriousness, I have the right editing software and I'm making the listener quality stay high, but I'm also making sure that I don't look like a naked mole rat by staying in my wardrobe and seeing the light of day through the window in front of me. So I'm very grateful for all of you for making sure that the quality of our episodes stays listenable. Um, that, that's not a word, but you know what I mean. Making sure that quality stays high. Okay, so now let's dive into the physiology um, side of things. So push those glasses up your nose, look all important and smart because you're gonna soak up all these knowledge vibes and be able to turn around and tell someone over the dinner table tonight exactly how stretching impacts your muscle. Muscles, <laughs> multiple, not just one. Um, so in general, there are two important proprioceptors that belong to the nervous system. Proprioception is just, say if I wish to poke you, it'd be your ability to understand that you're being poked, or if you felt the pressure from your pant leg, notice that, that pressure's even there. So it's kind of like that biofeedback, okay? Um, so there's two proprioceptors that belong to the nervous system and influence movement and in turn play a role in flexibility. They are the Golgi tendon organ, or sometimes shortened to GTO, <laughs> sounds cooler, um, and muscle spindles, which work in a yin-yang kind of situation reflexively and automatically to regulate muscle stiffness. So stick with me here. I know the eyes are probably widening of many of you thinking, what is she talking about? But let's break it down and make it nice and simple. So the Golgi tendon organ is found in the tendon near the junction of the tendon and muscle fibers, okay? So when we think of, um, how our muscles even attach to bone, they don't actually attach to bone themselves. They kind of have a tendinous end to them that then attaches to the bone, okay? Then that allows us to move that bone or that limb, <laughs> if we think about it that way. So the Golgi tendon organ is found in that certain spot and it is stimulated by a lengthening or a stretching in a muscle and it causes that muscle to relax by interrupting its contraction. So when a muscle is inhibited or turned off by a Golgi tendon organ, the process is actually called autogenic inhibition. Inhibition, like think about inhibiting. So it's not allowing it to um, keep turning on. So it just turns it off. So the Golgi tendon organ turns off muscles when it knows that there is a length or a stretch to it. It's just a way of protecting the muscle. Now that's our yin. If we're gonna talk about our yang, <laughs> The, the yang to the Golgi tendon organ would be the muscle spindles, okay? So muscle spindles are stretch receptors that signal the length and changes in length of muscle. So you're probably like, what? That sounds exactly the same. It is, but it's actually located in a different area, okay? It's actually located in the muscle belly or in the around the fibers themselves. So think if you were to draw a muscle, like a bicep, you draw it out, it'd be nice and big, <laughs> and it would have all those little lines as if we were to draw some detail in the muscle, right? Think of those lines, think as if you you were to wrap something around and around those lines individually. So this is similar to what muscle spindles are kind of like or where they're located. Um, so they're within the independent capsule and they're parallel to those main muscle um, muscle fibers themselves. And they in turn are stretched when the muscle lengthens. So they actually they actually notice that stretch um, reception, okay? And they shorten when the muscle contracts. 
So when a muscle spindle is activated or AKA stretched, um, muscle spindles send a signal to produce muscle contraction, okay? So when they're activated, they cause muscle contraction. So all in all, the Golgi tendon organ and the muscle spindles work together in our nervous system to keep us injury free. However, through certain types of stretching and the timing of stretches we can be doing, um, it can actually turn off these receptors back to the brain and inhibit the activity. Specifically, this one way round is what I want you to think about and apply and remember from this podcast, okay? When a Golgi tendon organ is activated by stretching, so you hold that quad stretch, and remember, Golgi tendon organ, when it's activated, causes that muscle to relax by interrupting its contraction. So when a Golgi tendon organ is activated by stretching, it inhibits muscle spindle activity in the stretched muscle so you can get a deeper stretch, okay? But this is turning off, again, muscle spindle. It's inhibiting muscle spindles, and the muscle spindle is what causes and activates muscle contraction or muscle engagement, muscle turn on. So when we apply that to why would potentially holding a stretch be bad for exercise or in our case endurance power being able to continue in our movement this is where we lie flat okay so golgi tendon organ when it's activated by stretching it inhibits the muscle spindle activity in the stretched muscle so you can get a deeper stretch so it's offsetting that um loop that would in any other way keep you out of that end range of uncomfortable and keep you in a form of, okay, we've got a nice balance. This is shifting the balance. So when we turn off the muscle spindle, which is the automatic contractor, if you like to think of it that way, the contracting muscle um, automation, we are reducing the muscle's ability to hold this balance of yin-yang if we're doing activity or exercise. So static stretching before performance has shown significant decrease in peak power output decreased endurance, and increased metabolic response to sustain exercise. Another study which states, um, as we had kind of explained ballistic stretching, which was the swingy, um, more high-velocity dynamic form of stretching, is actually less beneficial than controlled dynamic stretching. Okay, now if we flip-flop to the studies where they really show how dynamic stretching does impact in a positive way to, to doing prior to exercise, is this great little piece of info. The total distance for all subjects, this was a running one, was longer after the dynamic stretching treatment compared with non-stretching. Also, the athletes in the study, on average, were able to run a longer total distance after dynamic stretching versus not stretching. This was by a statistically significant margin as well, so very, very solid evidence. There are shown big positive effects on range of motion and subsequent performance, force, power, sprint, jump, etc. Um, and the larger range of motion they decided was actually mainly attributed to the reduced stiffness of the muscle tendon unit, um, while the improvement in the performance was due to the temperature and the potentiation um, related mechanisms caused by the voluntary contractions associated with dynamic stretching. So dynamic stretching is so much more control that they really noticed that 
the stiffness in the joint had reduced and the range of motion was great. And they found that the movement and contractions through doing dynamic stretching versus holding and being very passive, um, which static stretching is, was able to improve muscular performance and temperature um, and potentiation and allow firing of that muscle to be so much more um, exact and turned on and ready for that exercise. So that was really the biggest um, takeaway from all of this. I mean, there's so many takeaways there. <laughs> um, but how do we implement this? You're probably thinking, Holly, I know, don't static stretch before exercise, do the dynamic. Um, correct. But when we think of dynamic stretches, I want you to think of multi-joint movers. I want you to think fullest range of motion and full length of muscle units as well to be used. And when we're thinking of specifically running, again, this goes for all sorts of exercises, but I want us to think running because we are a running podcast. Um, think about the types of movement that we're doing. Try and simulate the movement patterns that we'll be performing in that running session. Maybe it's hills. Okay, maybe we got to work through those hip flexors a bit more. Maybe it's something different that we need to really focus on that certain um, movement pattern so that it's warmed up, it's primed, and neuromuscularly, we can, we can engage it so much faster and have it fired up and ready to go when we ask for it to turn on and perform for us for a period of time in our running workout. Now, our dynamic moves are all a repetition-based um, prescription versus a time-based prescription. And I want you to think the dynamic movements that you're choosing they're challenging. They become a bit of a workout, right? Your heart rate is raising up a lot more than what you would be doing for static stretching. And you're thinking again, full range of motion, big muscle movers, big joints. The more dynamic stretches you do, the more it starts to turn into a mobility routine and a workout, <laughs> right? Again, dynamic can really be a very active, very challenging um, movement pattern to be doing. And I want you to go into your runs feeling like, whew, okay, we are warm. That's what we're aiming for. More things to implement is static stretching is good to do. It's fine to do. You just do it outside of your training time, either on a day off or as recovery and rehab, etc. Or you do it post-workout or post-run. Totally fine for the static stretching to stay in this portion of our routines. Just make sure that it's not creeping into prior to that exercise when you're asking your body to demand itself for you. I didn't dive too much into pre-contraction stretches um, other than the fact that there are many forms of it. PNF stretching is the most common um, or pails and rails, etc. I think that's something I'll get into in the future because there's a lot of different um, specs for that. But keep those outside of training hours too um, and only if you feel comfortable doing them or have been properly taught how to, or you're doing them with a professional if you don't, um, because they can be um, quite extreme in the end range, <laughs> as you could imagine. And then lastly, the ballistic stretching, which we touched on. Only if you're advanced, we can keep that in our routine, but we really have to play it safe here. And for a beginner or an untrained, please don't do any crazy swingy, um, high velocity torquey kind of exercises or ballistic movements. It's just gonna find our weak point and that's gonna set us off in not a great starting position. So just try and avoid ballistic stretching for now. It can be something in the future that's taught to you with proper core, core engagement, etc. 
um, but let's stay safely away from that and out of the injury bracket in that form. So all in all, now you are exposed to the four different types of stretching that you can do as an athlete, when you should be doing them, and how safe you should feel in those different categories regarding your exercise and regarding your level of knowledge. So let me know which one you are going to implement this week, how you are changing your schedule and thinking about stretching differently after this episode. Again, giving you some golden nuggets of implementable tools, you guys, so that you feel empowered to do everything on your own, know how to teach and train others in your circle with this information and can go on being injury free or don't slip back into injury if you've had it before for a lifelong of satisfying running and training in general. So please hit me up with what you love the most about today's episode. If you have any questions, I'd love to feature you on future podcasts. Um, send me a DM at Excel Strength Conditioning through Instagram or Facebook, but I'd love to hang out on Instagram a bit more. <laughs> I'll send my link down below in the show notes so that you know where to find me and you know how to contact me. For now, have a good week and run strong, girl.